This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. As we're talking about uh, 25 days of blessings over the course of this time, we've spent some time doing, um, last, year, last week we talked about uh, the beginning verse and how we got going. And, and this week I, I want to talk about some of the steps that we took and, and how those steps are so important in terms of, of how we got here. A lot of times people look at where we are and they go, wow, it's always been this way. It hasn't always been this way. And it starts with steps. But before that, I've been sharing some of my favorite jokes. And uh, you say, well, jokes don't have any place in church. Jokes have a great place in church. And uh, the Bible says a merry heart does good like a medicine. So take your medicine. So here we go. <laughs> a lady has a, a, an awesome fight with, with a, a fatal disease. And it, finally, she, she gives up and she goes home. She gets to heaven. And uh, Peter meets her at the gate and says, she, she, he, she said, he says, welcome to heaven. She says, great, how do I get in? He said, well, you have to spell a word. She goes, oh, no, I'm not a good speller. He said, spell cat. And she said, C-A-T. He said, great, welcome to heaven. And uh, she walked in. She was enjoying heaven. It seemed like she'd been there hardly any time. And an angel came and got her and said, it's your turn to watch the gate. She said, my, what am I supposed to do? I'm not Peter. He said, no, it's easy. When someone comes up, you have them spell a word. They spell it right. They get in. She said, okay. And so she stood there, and, and uh, a couple of people came by, and she had them spell the word in easy words, cat, dog, you know, you know bee. Um, and she, she looks out, and she sees someone coming, and she, and she goes, oh, my God, it was her husband. And she said, it's so early. What, what, what are you doing here? And he said, well, he said, I'll be honest with you. He said, yeah. Do you remember that nurse that was so good to you while, while you were so sick? And uh, she was just so sweet. And she said, the real pretty blonde girl that was 20 years younger than you? He said, yeah, well, we kind of fell in love. And six months after you went home, we got married. And, um, and you remember how we always played Powerball and went to try to win the lottery? She said, yeah. She said, well, can you believe I won the lottery? And uh, $135 million after taxes. It was amazing. I said, remember that big house we had up on, that we used to always admire up on the hill? She said, yeah, we bought that and moved into it. It was just, it, it was really wonderful. You, I know it was your dream house, but boy, we really loved it. And uh, you remember how you always wanted a boat? And she said, yeah. She said, well, we, we bought a yacht. It was huge and it was beautiful. And we were sailing around the Caribbean islands and uh, I was messing with some stuff on the deck early one morning and I fell overboard and here I am. He said, how do I get in? She said, you have to spell a word. He said, what word? She said, Czechoslovakia. <laughs> Has nothing to do with my message, but I like the joke, all right? It's good medicine, right? We can, we can laugh. I do want to talk this morning about taking steps. And these are steps that we take and steps that are a part of life and, and steps that are a part of our relationship with God. If you think about it, everything really starts with a step. A child takes a first step. We got a call yesterday from our daughter that said Owen had taken his first step. And so that's always a big thing, and that's how it starts. When babies start, they start with a word. They don't start with sentences. They typically start with mama or dada or something along those lines. It's a step. When you learn a new skill, uh, it's a step. 
You don't, no one starts as just, they're an expert overnight. Some people are obviously, are quick and they pick things up fast, but uh, you always start with steps you learn. You know, a lot of times in business, people have a business or a career and you see the end result and you go, wow, that's amazing. And oftentimes we're now looking at people who have these overnight successes. And we think, man, that's, that's the way it is. It's easy and it starts overnight. It doesn't start overnight, it often is steps. I got a letter this week from a wonderful couple who'd been here in our church for years. And uh, they sent something in for the Here to Bless Fund, but they tell a little bit of their story. They said years ago, we left a good job and a, a, a steady paycheck and insurance and we went, launched out a business on our own. So we bought two acres and put an eight by 10 metal building on it. So it used to put the phone outside. So if we got that one call a day that we could at least answer it. So we were lie awake at night sometimes worrying about what was gonna happen until one time the Lord spoke to them and said, why are you worrying? I can feed you and clothe you. And they were able to put the worry aside. And they said now, years later, said now we own 20 acres and two 30,000 square foot buildings said that of a business that's so blessed. It didn't start that way. It started as a step. You know your, your relationship with God is the very same way. It starts as a step. You start by first being just open to hear the gospel. Maybe, you, maybe for the first time you were willing to listen or maybe you came to church. And maybe someone drug you to church today and you were willing to come. And uh, that's how it starts. It starts with a step. But then you take the most important step and that's the step of putting your faith in Christ as your Savior. And you make that, that step. And that, that's where it begins. I was thinking about the second home we showed you on the video of, uh, of when we were over at the, at the Conroe. It used to be the Conroe Roller Rink. It's Road Street. By the way, just how many people came to the ark when we were in the, the roller rink? Can I see hands? Great. Well, we're glad you're still here. And uh, it, uh, it, it was many, many, many years ago. But we started there as a step. Now, the owner of that was a man by the name of Jim Sebastian. And Jim, Jim was a tough, crusty businessman. He didn't like me. And uh, I, I, I didn't think he liked any preacher, and he didn't like me. And uh, we rented a place from him, and uh, he threw a lease at us that I just is like, wow, it's an incredible lease. But we were able to negotiate and get it done. But Jim, his wife, Carolyn, Jim and, and Carolyn had started a Conroe Golf Cars. In fact, uh, Conroe Golf Cars, John and Gwen are still here, Carolyn's still here, uh, some of their family's still here, Kurt Maddox, they're all, they're all still part. They've been a real blessing to us over the years. Didn't start that way. Jim started coming, he would come to the church and he would come with Carolyn. He would always sit in the back, come in late, sit in the back. And uh, I noticed he would come, started coming frequently. And so one day I went to pay the rent, went to see Jim. And uh, Jim, he looked over at me, he said, he said, I want you to know I prayed that prayer. I said, what prayer? He said, that prayer you pray always at the end of the service. And evidently, Jim had come and sat in the back one day. And uh, during the time we were giving the altar call, we used to have people come down to the front. Jim bowed his head and made Jesus Christ his Lord and Savior. And Jim went from being, he went from being a crusty old businessman that didn't like me to being a crusty old businessman that really did like me and became one of our greatest allies. He was wonderful. And he was a blessing to us. And uh, he did things and did so many wonderful things. But it, it started with a step. And he did tell me this. He said, I'm what, he said I wouldn't walk in that aisle. And, and that was a real revelation for me, that you can get saved without having to walk an aisle. And we eventually changed some things in how we did things. 
But Jim, was, Jim made a step. But your, your relationship with the Lord, it begins in step. Your confidence in him, it can, it can actually grow. It starts with our faith in Christ, but it can continue to grow. So our confidence in him can grow. It does it by steps. In fact, in Thessalonians, Paul writes and says, we ought to always thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love of you all have for one another is increasing. Your faith is growing. So our faith has the ability to grow and develop. I want to talk about a guy today who's well-known in the Bible, but who did not start off being well-known. He started off making steps, and his name is Peter. And Peter's first encounter with the Lord was a series of steps. And as we see his steps, we're going to find some steps that we can take as well. Let's read the story here in Luke. He said, so it was as the multitude pressed about to hear the word of God that he, Jesus, stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to pull out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, that's Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, O Lord, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. It's a great series of steps here. The first step that Peter makes is a step of what I call is a low-risk step, just a, simply of time and effort. Jesus said, Would you hold the boat? Now, Peter could have refused Jesus. He could have said, No. You know, Lord, I, I appreciate you, and uh, I know you got a great sermon and stuff, but uh, I'm tired. I'm going, I made no money last night. I'm going to the house. He could have said no, but he was willing to be inconvenienced. So what he did was not hard, but it, it was inconvenient. He was willing to be inconvenienced, and he did what was certainly in his wheelhouse and certainly just simply helped Jesus hold the boat. But that was the first step. That's the very first thing that Jesus asked him. The second step was a little bit harder. And Jesus said, now... This is a launch out step. I'm going to require more from you. I want you to launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, he's thinking, he probably had some, some thoughts going through his head. One, the optics don't look good on this. You know, you don't fish during the daytime. We've already fished. Now we're having to go and, and go back out to the middle of the lake again, and it's going to look ridiculous. And what will other people think? So you had to get rid of that risk. And then you had to get rid of the the, the, the logistics risk and the logic risk of, you know, we've already fished all night in prime time and we haven't caught anything. And, you know, I know fishing and you're a preacher and what do preachers know about anything other than spiritual things? And you're not a fisherman, I'm a fisherman. And so he really had to get past some of the, 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 the thinking processes and get past some of the... Uh, the, the, the optics of it. And what he did was a step of what I call reluctant obedience. He says master, which meant teacher. Teacher, I, uh, you know, basically he said, I don't think this is going to work. We fished all night. We didn't catch anything. This isn't going to work. But nevertheless, at your word, I will. 
Nevertheless, at your word, I will. But, you know, you say so, I'm, I'm going to do this. And, you know, that actually was the smartest thing that Peter could do. Now, when Peter launched out into the deep, Jesus had specifically said, let down your nets for a catch. Peter didn't let down his nets. He let down his net. That's where he was. Lord, I got one net. Everything else is clean. I'm going to get the one net, you know, dirty again. And, and then, you know, we're going to get this over. He threw out one net. But Jesus' expectations and Peter's expectations were completely different. Because Jesus said a catch. And they began to drag in something that was breaking the fishing net. They had to bring their partners in. And it began to fill two fishing boats so much that they actually began to sink in the water. I love what happens next. Peter, the Bible said Peter falls at Jesus' knees. Now, this is the only time you ever see the Bible talk about anyone falling at Jesus' knees. They always talk about falling at Jesus' feet. I always thought, why are you falling at his knees? Because he's standing in a fishing boat, and they're up to their knees in fish. And the, the, the boat is full of fish. And, G, and Peter says to Jesus, Lord, you, you need to leave me alone. You, you don't want to be around me. I'm, I'm a sinful man. You, you just, Lord, I, I don't deserve to be close to you. I, I need you to leave, you know. And he was so astonished at this fish. He was so astonished at how good Jesus was. But he was also so caught up in how bad he was. You need to leave me. But Jesus had a better plan for him. And Jesus ignored what he said. He said, if you'll, uh, you'll follow me, so I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And the next step for Peter was that Peter would come and he would forsake his fishing business. And for the next three and a half years, he would follow Jesus. Now, you look at that and you say, that's a series of small steps. But they were instrumental for Peter because years later, Peter was the guy who in the middle of a storm, in the middle of the lake, Peter steps out of the boat and rises. Now that's a big difference between launching out in the deep and holding, but it all starts with steps. So we all take steps, and it's steps of faith. I've had people look at me over the years and go, how do I, how do I, I want to do what you do. I say, well, great, what are you doing now? Well, nothing. I say, well, you need to start somewhere. You've you got to start with a, a step. So let me give you some steps that all of us can take. And these are, these are steps that are important in life. The first one is what I call the time and effort step. And it's, a, it's more of a relational step. It's that step of, of coming closer to him. Maybe it's, it's spending some time in prayer. Maybe it's spending time reading your Bible. You know, coming to church, that's a step. But it's a step, it, it's low risk, but it takes something from you. It takes time, it takes effort. And so you're, you're making that step but it's, it's a step that's important because it, it helps you in your relationship with him. And where you are is where you are, but you can always make a step closer. And then there's what I call the service step. To make t take time out of your busy schedule to do something for the Lord. Everyone goes, Alan, I'm busy. Everyone's busy. But you want to do something for him. You want to take time out of your schedule and do something to, to further his work. Over the years, I've had... I've had people talk about, well, you know, I, I work at your church. L let me clarify this. This is not my church. I, I, this is not my church. This is the Lord's church. You're not my people. You're the Lord's people. I've had people say, your people. I'm like, I, my people, my people are all at home. Uh, <laughs> these aren't my people. These, you belong to the Lord. You don't belong to me. And so whatever you do, you do for him. You don't do for me. I've had people say, well, I've been working in that church three years and he doesn't even know my name. I don't need to know your name. The Lord knows your name and he's the one you're working for to begin with. And so that's the one you need to go. 
But it's my job as a pastor to continue to encourage you to take time out of your schedule and do something to further the Lord's work. You want to do something to further his work. That's what I do. That's my job, ma'am. That's what I do. So I will continue to encourage you to take time out of your schedule. But here's the thing. Anything you do, any time and effort that you invest in the Lord's work or invest in drawing closer to him is not wasted time. You know, Jesus didn't look at Peter after Peter had held the boat and go, Peter, I want you to pull your boat out in the middle of the lake and I'm going to knock a big hole in it and sink it to the bottom. He didn't do that. What Jesus did was he filled his boat with fish. He blessed him. The Bible said in Hebrews 11:6, it says, by faith, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When you come to God, you've got to believe he's real. We believe he's real. But the second thing we have to believe is God is a rewarder. He's not a boat sinker. He's a boat filler. He's not someone who's looking to destroy your life. He's looking to someone to bless your life. He's not looking to be bad to you. He's looking to be good to you. He's a good God. He is a rewarder. And he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. When we, but right before we started the ARC, I'd been working with the company for years. I'd spent 16 years in sales. I'd been working for a company for years in the past Two years had not been good. It had not been good in my, in, in my sales effort. I had a book of business. I was still making good income, but I was not bringing in much business. And right before we started the church, they actually called me in and said, Alan, you, you're going to have to do something about this. In other words, if you don't get going, you're not going to be able to work for us. It was not a good time. Now, the Lord had been talking to me about starting a church, and I, I had not been willing to do it. But finally, when I agreed to do it, in June, we started, which is, by the way, they say it's a horrible time to start a church. But we started in June. And two weeks later, my sales, the vice president of sales said, let's go to lunch. I'm like, uh-oh. So we go to lunch, and he's, he's actually a friend. He looked at me. He said, so I hear you started a church. I said, who told you that? He said, I know a lot of things. I, I said, I looked at him. I said, Steve, I said, I haven't done a good job in a while. I said, I'd like to be able to leave on top. He said, Alan, he said, we'll give you that chance. We don't care as long as you're able to sell we don't care if you, if you start a church. And so this was June of 1996. Between June of 96 and December of 96, I sold more in those six months than I had sold in the two and a half years prior. Now, it's not that I became just an incredible salesman overnight. It's what I did was when the Lord said, launch out and start a church, I started a church and he filled my fishing boat. And he can do the same for you. I actually wound up, I actually wound up winning some awards, and Joy and I won a free trip to, to Cancun. Sales awards. I hadn't won a sales award in years. But the Lord can, let me tell you, can he do that? He doesn't do that just for preachers. He'll do that for anyone who will trust him, anyone who will seek him. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The second step is, is what I call a launch out step. That requires a little bit more from us. And maybe it has some, some optics risk. What are people going to think? If you go to church more than once a month, what are people going to think? They're going to think you're a fanatic or something. Or what are people going to think? What's your family going to think? What are people going to think if you begin to launch out and, and do anything for God? So you've you got to take that risk associated. And then there's the, the, the risk of, of overcoming in your mind. You're getting ready to step out, and the Lord asks you to do something, and you're, and you're launching out to do it, but you're thinking... 
I don't have a good history. I've never been good at this. The numbers don't add up. Things don't work out. And so your mind can give you a whole lot of reasons why you shouldn't do it, just like it gave Peter a whole lot of reasons why he didn't need to launch out into the deep. But if you'll trust him and launch out anyway and do it, it the, the blessings will follow. See, it, when, uh, when we started the church, we had the church for about a year, and I was still working full time, but I was spending more time with the church than I was with, with the business. And finally, I really, I reached that point where I recognized and, and I knew in, in my heart, I said, we, we need to make a change here. And I had a word. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate the Shaw's testimony. I appreciate what Courtney said. She said the Lord gave her a word that he would bring it to completion. And she held on to that word. Well, the Lord had given me a word that, that when we started, that when we took over the church, that we weren't going to have to just, just come to a place of nothing financially. And in fact, a friend of mine told me, he said, Alan, uh, you're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. Because I was so busy, church and work and church and work. And I finally, I, I had to make the decision. The church could not afford to pay me. But I had to make the decision to do it anyway. And so I went to see my boss. I said, I said Jay, I said, uh, I'm living in two worlds and the company is getting the short end of the stick. I said, I need to, I need to go ahead and resign. He looked at me and said, do you, do you want to talk about your severance plan? I'll just be honest with you. In most sales jobs, they don't give you a severance plan. They give you a box and they thank you for your service. Um, I, I didn't know what a severance plan was, but it sounded like a good idea. And so I went, yes, that's what I'd love to talk about, my severance plan. And he said this. He said, all you have to do is renew your client base. It would take me an hour or two at, at the, per week at most. He said, just renew your client base. He said, and we'll pay you full salary for a year with benefits. That was, and I walked, I didn't know what a severance plan was, but I knew when I walked out of that office what one was. And I was like, hallelujah. Just, but, but what was that? The, the blessings follow the launching. The blessings follow. You take a step and the Lord blesses. You say, well, Alan, all that's well and good if you're going to start a church or start a business, but I'm not called to start a church or start a business. What kind of launch out step do I have? Actually, you have a lot. Because every time in, in the scriptures that the scriptures give us an instruction, that's something that we can do, something we can launch out in. Maybe, for example, you've been someone who's just, you've dealt with depression and you've been sad and, and it's just been a part of your life and you're thinking, it's always going to be a part of my life. And yet the Lord said, rejoice always, pray without ceasing and everything give thanks. Well, at face value, that sounds like launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch, that doesn't make sense. But if you begin to listen to that and go, Lord, you're giving me in some instructions. And so whether I feel like it or not, in fact, I don't feel like it, I'm going to do it anyway. Nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to launch out to that. What about if you're a worrier and you've been worried all your life and you've been thinking, man, I just, I just, I'm a worrier, I'm a worrier, I just worry, I lie in bed and worry, I worry, I worry. What, how, how can I launch out? Well, in Philippians 4, 6, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So if you've been a worrier, a launch out step for you would be, Lord, I'm not going to worry. I'm going to trust you in this. What about if you've been afraid of so many things and fear has just gripped your life or social anxiety? You just have a hard time even, even functioning, even focusing. Have you ever been there? Is there a launch out step there? Yeah, the Bible said God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. And Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. 
So, so Lord, even though I may not understand it, and even though I may not know how it's going to work, I'm going to walk out on that and trust you that I'm not going to let my heart be troubled. I'm not going to live in fear for the rest of my life. You've not called me to do that. That's a launch out step. That's a step you can take. And, the, and there's so many. How, how about forgiveness? They say, people have done wrong things to me and I'm just so angry and I'm just so bitter. And what if the Lord said, well, I need you to forgive those who've done evil to you. And you think, Lord, I, I, you don't understand what they've done. If you'll launch out, you'll trust him. I'm gonna tell you something, the, the blessings follow. So it doesn't just apply to business, it doesn't just apply to ministry, it applies to life. There's always steps we can take with the Lord, always. I grew up and as a teenager, I began to experience, and it's actually was been in my family, bouts of depression. And I would go through time, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't debilitating, it was just, I go through times and seasons when people who knew me said, you don't want to be around him when he's like this. I brought that into my marriage. And early in our marriage, when we were pregnant with Matt, Joy lost her job. We were in Bible school. I'm working all the time. I'm in Bible school. I'm selling insurance door to door. We're not making any money. And I remember thinking, man, this, <laughs> this isn't working. And our finances were horrible and we didn't have any money. And, and the depression got to be, it was debilitating for me. I, I slept all the time. They finally, Joyce said, you need to go to the doctor. Something's wrong. I went to the doctor and the doctor just looked at me and said, oh, I know what your problem is, son, you're depressed. And I'm thinking, I can't be depressed. I'm a Bible school student. Well, that, that, that doesn't work. I was depressed. We went one night to a, a conference that was going on. It was in August. Matt was due in September. It was in August. And we were at this conference and and we were worshiping, a lot of people, and I, we're worshiping, I'm going through the motions. You know. And uh, the, the speaker stepped up, he said, I think we need to worship God some more. And I'm like, oh God, I, I just want to get to the message. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going through the motions. Then he steps up again. And he says, everyone who is dealing with depression, he said, I don't want you to run, not walk, I need you to run down here to the front. I didn't move. I stood there like this. And then I looked over at Joy. You would not believe the look I was getting from her. <laughs> she looked at me like, what are you doing standing here? I'm glad she was not carrying any kind of weapon at that time because it, it, she looked at me like, what are you doing? I thought, okay, all right, I'll go. So I, we, we're on steps. I, 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 I walked down the steps and when I hit the level ground, I'm walking. Because the thought went through my mind, I'm too cool to run. I don't run anywhere. I'm cool. And uh, what's it going to look like if I run? The optics didn't sound good to me. And making that step didn't sound good to me. But then I thought, man, I've been in this depression long enough. I took three running steps, and it felt like something dropped on me out of heaven. Man, boom. And all of a sudden, that depression that had been in my life for so long lifted off of me like just like, it was like something you take this coat off and throw it, it just lifted off of me. Now, over the years, I've had to deal with trying to come back. Never to that level again have I experienced that. Freedom came when I took steps. There's steps out. But we're going to do something a little different. I, I, this message just came on my heart. And this came on my heart, and I, and I wanted to, to give you an opportunity to take steps this morning. 
Maybe you've been depressed, and this is a time for you to say, you know what, I, I, I'm going I'm to just rejoice. Maybe you've been worried, and this is the time for you to, to say, you know what, I, I'm not going to... I'm not going to live worried. I'm going to take the care of whatever is bothering me. Maybe it's a burden on you. It's bothering me. I'm going to take this and I'm going to give it to the Lord. Maybe you, you've been dealing with fear and, and the idea that I'm so tired. I'm, I'm going to trust you in this, Lord. Maybe it's forgiveness. But I'll tell you where I know a lot of people are. I believe a lot of people are like right where Peter was. Depart from me, Lord. Now you're saved and maybe you love the Lord but you feel like you're so conscious of your sins and your faults and your failures, you don't think God wants anything to do with you. And you won't come close to him because you don't think he'll even take you. Depart from me, Lord, I, I'm, I'm a bad person, but I got news for you. He does love you. He wants you to come close. And if you stand to your feet, we're gonna, I'm gonna have the worship team come out. We're gonna sing. And during this, this time, I don't know what your step is. Now, I'm not going to have you run down here to the front. That'll freak some of you out. But uh, I, I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, what's the step I need to take? And as we sing this song, you take that step. Maybe it's worshiping. Maybe it's casting the care. Maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's telling the Lord, I'm going to come closer to you. But you make a step. No one's looking around, but I'm going to ask a question. How many of you said this morning, Alan, I, I made a step. I don't need to know what it was, but I, I made a step. Things aren't going to be the same for me. I'm going to do something different. You just wave your hand at me. So I did something good, 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 good. Wonderful, wonderful. All right. You stay with it. Blessings follow steps. And we trust that that's what's going to happen. Here's the most important step you can ever make. The, the most important step is the step of putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior or if you've been away from him, to be able to come back and be restored to him. I'm going to say a prayer, but if that's you I'm talking to today, and you say, you know what, Alan, I don't know that I've ever made Jesus my Lord, or I'm not sure, but I want to be sure. Or you're saying, I've gotten away from him, and I know in my heart I want to come back. But this prayer is for you. But I'm going to ask you this. If that's you, and you're willing to take that step, would you slip your hand up and wave it at me and say, Alan, that's me. I'm taking that step. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. In the back. Thanks. Got you. Got you. Put your hands down. We're going to pray. Maybe you didn't lift your hand, but in your heart, you're like, this is what I need to do. You can join us. We're going to join you as a church family. We're all going to pray this prayer. You pray it out loud. You're watching online. You pray it. You pray it to yourself. If you, or pray it out loud if you're by yourself. If you're with others, you can pray it quietly. But let's all pray this together. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. That's still bowed and eyes closed. Father, thank you. Thank you for those who made that so important step. The step to come close to you, the step to, to come to know you as Savior, the step to come back. And Father, for everyone who made a step towards you, a step of change, a step of forgiveness, a step of rejoicing, Father, I thank you. You'll honor that because you honor your word and your word never fails. So Lord, we thank you for that today. We'll mark this day as the day things begin to change. And we'll give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name.
Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.